Hello there. Welcome to the second edition of our podcast series, Diversity Dividend, looking at prominent female fund managers in Africa. In the first episode, I chatted to Dr. Omobola Johnson and Andrea Tomoforo from TLCom. This time I'm talking to Tukumbo Ishmael of Alithea Capital about her background, work, and the role women can play in the African VC landscape. This podcast series was produced with the financial support of the European Union under EDF Thematic Blending and Cotonou. We hope you enjoy it. As co-founder of one of the first and only female-managed VC funds in Africa, let's start at the beginning and hear from Takumbo about her background and how she came to investing in Africa. Given that this is a podcast, uh, maybe I should say I'm a black uh, woman uh, with roots in Nigeria, was born in Europe, um, was born in Germany to be exact, and uh, then grew up in the U- United Kingdom before I then uh, was taken by my parents to na- the shores of Nigeria to experience uh, their home country. And what an experience that was. Um, it really opened my eyes to the the gap between um, the developed world and the uh, less developed world, but also opened my eyes to the ever-present energy of the Nigerian uh, population and the optimism um, in the country. And, and of course, I fell in love with the country, um, being a country of my parents, but I had a very deep connection so that even when I finished my studies and um, returned to the UK, was always thinking about how I would make it back uh, to the continent to make a difference um, to plug this uh, gap between the developed and developing world, but also tap into the the passion and energy of um, the people of such a great nation. And um, my post my studies, I I worked in finance. I, I started out in technology actually, so I, I was a software developer, built business, um, built computers as well. Um, f- from there, ended up in um, business school for strategy and finance, which then took me to Wall Street and I spent some time in investment banking on Wall Street. And uh, from there, took a leap into the world of Silicon Valley, uh, being someone who could straddle both the technology, given my uh, provenance in software development and uh, my leg on Wall Street. I was able to take that those skills over to Silicon Valley and work with some of the dynamic businesses uh, there at the time. And that's where I got my penchant for uh, venture capital and private equity investing and um, a passion for leveraging technology to drive uh, development. Uh, From there, my journey took me uh, back to the UK where where I joined a a fund management firm, which... um, had me go out to Nigeria, which was the attraction. So I I found my way back to being in Nigeria. And that's where I began to look at how one could leverage investments to drive uh, development and and think beyond the financial returns uh, uh, towards how you could achieve inclusive prosperity. These extremes between prosperity and poverty are ultimately what led Tukumbo to found Elithea Capital. You know, when I moved to Nigeria and I started 
working. Um, and it was the first time I'd been in Nigeria as a working adult um, and productive member, if you like, of the um, economy. And I, you know, I couldn't believe really the cheek by jowl nature of prosperity and poverty. Um, and I was working on transactions of millions of dollars, sometimes hundreds of millions of dollars in nature. And um, you'd come out from your air conditioned office or car and step onto the slum streets in Lagos. And just like, well, if we're deploying this kind of capital, how is it not reaching or trickling down to solve some of these problems of access to um, essential services that the people really need. And so, and, and is it, and, and is it true that in, in addressing those needs, you were being charitable or could you address those needs by deploying capital and still drive for superior returns um, by also being intentional about the social and developmental returns? And so really that's what struck the desire in me. Not only is Alithair Capital one of the few female-founded VC firms on the continent, the firm has a proactively gender-diversity-oriented investing ethos. What does this mean in terms of parameters underpinning investment decisions? Tokumbo explains. The thesis is that uh, by investing in uh, diverse teams and um, being inclusive of uh, female founders, uh, we can achieve superior returns. Um, it's been shown that companies that have diverse teams are able to um, achieve over 20% above the average company in terms of their returns. So that's the thesis. And in terms of our strategy, we have um, some core sectors that we go after. Um, we look at sectors where women are overwhelmingly present, um, overwhelmingly employed or uh, playing a very active role in the development of those sectors. So that includes um, ag agriculture, agribusiness, in particular agro-processing, which is the largest employer, the sector that employs uh, the most people on the continent of Africa and where women play an overwhelmingly large role in terms of their participation right from the small-scale holder farmers through to processing of food in the uh, factory through to being the chief uh, purchasers and decision makers in terms of uh, food purchase in the household. Um, then we look at essential services, and particularly we're thinking about the accessibility and affordability of essential services for women. So that includes sectors like healthcare, where women overwhelmingly have um, complex complex um, health uh, situations and um, are often uh, often find it difficult to access the kind of quality care that they need for maternal and child um, care. So we look at healthcare, education, again, um, broadening access to education, uh, both for women um, in terms of being able to participate in that role, uh, both as um, providers of education, because overwhelmingly the um, the owners of educational establishments are actually uh, women, and they and they have found it difficult to access finance. Um, and then also in terms of broadening access for women and girls in education. 
And then finance as well is, a, is an essential sector for us, providing access to finance, banking the unbanked. And again, overwhelmingly, it's women that are excluded in that sector. So we're really looking to drive inclusion and on the agricultural side, address food shortages um, in a sector where women play a, a large role. The gender diverse ethos starts at home. And while Alithea welcomes male colleagues just as much as females, the firm does strive to create an environment which allows women the flexibility to have families as well as successful careers. We are a gender diverse team. So let me just quickly put that on the table. So we don't, um, we don't keep out men. In fact, we, we, we welcome men, even though we're a firm that's uh, founded by uh, females um, and one of the only female fund management firms um, on, the con- on the continent. Um, so we have a, a gender diverse team and we, we, we don't put gender first as how we operate. We put professionalism first and results orientation first. But what I know is different is that we are more of a family and collaborative in nature in the way that we work as um, a team. And that's just because the, the, the partners at the helm have a natural tendency to be collaborative. And there's research that shows that those feminine characteristics are more first um, prevalent or obvious in uh, female leaders. And, and I think that certainly plays out in our firm. Uh, and so we have a more collegiate and uh, collaborative environment, very different from some of the dog-eat-dog environments that I've, that I've had to work um, in the past. And that's intentional. We're intentional about that. We also create an environment for women to progress. Um, and if they need to take time out to, for family reasons, maybe have a baby or, or what have you, able to scale back on their hours, but still provide them with the opportunity to operate at the level at which their skills and time and professionalism enables them to operate so that they're not, um, then they don't suffer from the fact that they take that time out. So we really try to create that environment. And what that means is that we, we have a high retention rate, um, especially um, with women, which is not something that you see typically in the industry, because when uh, women want to take time out, that's um, usually a time when they have to not just take the time out, but actually step out. Tokumbo says female investors have a unique perspective based on their life experiences and own consumer habits and can identify opportunities in the market which might be overlooked by male counterparts. Not only this, but female entrepreneurs are often more willing to come forward to female VCs, so there are multiple benefits to having a female-first management team. I also find that a number of female founders reach out to me directly and personally because they feel that they can have that initial conversation, off-the-record conversation, where I'm not judging them in terms of what they're saying straight away. And indeed, they're able to, they feel comfortable asking some of the questions that they wouldn't ask in their first typical um, engagement with um, one of my male counterparts, uh, for example. They don't feel uh, too shy about asking the wrong question, uh, so to say. So I I definitely think that I bring that different perspective and I bring that different lens, but I also... um, believe that I, as a woman in this industry, 
I have uh, presented a more approachable uh, face to some of the entrepreneurs that have approached us. Disrupt Africa data shows a record more than $2 billion was invested into African tech startups in 2021 alone. But only 21.5% of this went to ventures with a female founder on the team. Tokumbo says that the lack of female VCs is partially to blame. Although intake of women into finance and investment careers is strong, she reiterates that it's job retention issues that lead to the death of female fund managers. And I think part of that reason, not the only reason, but part of that reason is because um, there, are, there aren't enough female decision makers um, on the other side of the table who are able to pick up on some of these overlooked sectors and founders. Why don't we have enough? I, I think I touched upon it earlier, um, although it's, it's, it, I think with the, the younger generation, it may be turning around. But part of it is, um, you know, we, we do take um, career breaks. And so um, if you're not in an environment that um, supports your career break, you may have been the best in school at finance or technology or what have you. Um, But if you come off that track, you might not go back onto it when you take that career break. And so we need to have more environments um, that are retaining um, women in in those um, types of workplaces. But then the pipeline of... um, Women, because uh, that impacts the pipeline of women that then are able to go through to the senior uh, roles. I think on the intake side, there is actually, when I look at some of the numbers that I see um, in financial services, certainly in uh, Nigeria, in terms of the, on the intake entry level, it's the, 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 there isn't a wide gap between the male and the female um, intake in terms of numbers. Uh, but it's that retention and therefore that pipeline into management and senior management and boards that is really, I think, the, the place where we need to crack the nut. Digging deeper into the glass ceiling experienced by women in the investment world, Tokumbo says there needs to be more mentoring of younger female colleagues in VC firms. And from their side, young female VCs need to be more proactive about pushing themselves forward for career opportunities and progression. The sponsorship of women in those environments is not um, proactive um, by the companies. And indeed, sponsorships are generally not proactive from a a company uh, perspective. Uh, But um, the, 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 the person who's seeking out the sponsorship tends to proactively go to seek out a sponsor. And overwhelmingly, and certainly when I've um, being a manager over both um, male and female, the, the, the males are more proactive in seeking out sponsorship, seeking out their progression, uh, whereas the, the females tend to um, sit back and await being called up um, for sponsorship or for progression, whereas um, they're not as aggressive. And so... Uh, you know that it, without that sponsorship, th- then it becomes um, the 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 need the eye of the needle beca- becomes um, smaller for women. Gender bias in investing is a contentious topic, with some believing VCs should proactively seek out and invest in female-led teams, while others are less keen to have gender quotas, so to speak, for their investments. 
What does Chakumbo think? Well, I mean, I would say that from our fund's perspective, we don't just invest in women for the sake of being a woman. We're looking at where there's opportunity, where money's being left on the table, and we're looking at our investments through the lens that um, in those sectors, with diverse teams, we can achieve superior performance. Why is diversity important? Better decision-making, better corporate governance, and I, I'm actually seeing that play now in a team that we're invested in that is all male, where I'm having to say we need to look at corporate governance here. And um, I, I think diversity brings better corporate governance and better innovation because, hey, if um, over over um, $30, trillion of, $30 trillion of um, consumer spend globally um, is decided by women, you, you need to be thinking about how they're thinking and you want to make sure that you have the right people in the right seats to do the right sorts of innovations that will address their tastes and preferences. So you can't be homogeneous and think that you're going to have the best innovation on the market. You need that diversity to ensure that. On the fact that such little percentage of the continent's total funding goes to female founders, she adds. Something needs to be proactively done about that. It's not because they don't exist. It's because someone is not being proactive about seeking them out and about supporting them to think about how they scale their businesses and take a bigger chunk of the opportunity before them. Let's end here with some advice from Takumbo for female entrepreneurs hustling today in Africa. First thing I'll say is never take no as the final answer. In fact, take no as the first answer to be... um, uh, to be discussed and um, changed as to what the final answer needs to be. Um, And when that first no comes, don't dismiss it. Listen to the feedback and address um, accordingly. But never take no as the final answer. Um, Just keep pushing the envelope and believe in yourselves to, to do and achieve what you have set your heart on. That's it for this episode and for this two-part Disrupt Podcast mini-series on female fund managers in Africa. We hope you enjoyed it. Many thanks to our participants at TRCOM Capital and Alithea Capital and to the Boost Africa Technical Assistance Facility and the European Union for their support. But most of all, thanks to you for listening. We'll see you next time. Bye.